Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Chaos. That's what we're looking at tonight. And we just saw that. Not sure if you caught that story. Book of Genesis. Talked about it last night. God created us in his image, Genesis 1.27. We are image bearers of the most high God. And yet, Adam and Eve rebelled. I can't say like this. They had one job. Just stay away from that, right? And everything was theirs. But so many times, even like us, we're like, I think I'll just go touch that sign that says wet paint, do not touch, just because I want to. And they did. And from that point on, rules have been chaos, which means we've got boxes full of chaos, things that are out of control. Some of the things are what we call self-inflicted wounds. You know, you cheat on a test, you get caught. Dude, don't blame somebody else. It's your card. Own it. But there are a lot of things that weren't our fault. It just kind of came down at us. Either way, there's a box full of stuff. Reminder, we looked at this last night. We're going to be looking this week at the idea of, our theme is, out of what? Control. Out of what? Out of control. Reality of things being out of control. How we can see how God can redeem it. I mentioned last night, sometimes it's a word that people sometimes are like, what? So let's explain it again. I make something. I saw some of you ladies have been very busy doing the artsy thing, making the plastic laces. Who's doing that? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You see, you're making the plastic laces thing, you know. And it's looking really cool. Something I said? <laughs> <laughs> they're so excited to go make plastic laces. They just left. So they're, they're making plastic laces, and, uh, and all of a sudden, it's like gone. And then it's like the idea is like you make something, and it's gone. And then you see it like at the resale shop or whatever, and, and worst case is someone stole it, something you made, and you have to go buy it back. That's the idea of redemption. By the way, that story you saw with the drama, I think it's not finished because you're going to see redemption play out. But that's the idea of redemption. Now, there are four areas. Chaos tonight, we look at chaos, personal struggle, surrender, and freedom. I need y'all's help. We're going to say these words out loud together. Ready? First of all, is what, what, back up one, please. Back up one slide. There we go. Ready? Stop. Ready? Here we go. Let's say these together. What's the first one? What is it? Chaos. Second, personal struggle. Third, and then freedom. Let's one more time. First one, chaos. Then personal struggle. Then, then freedom. I can't hear you. Wait, wait, wait. We had William Wallace in the back. Freedom. There we go. Now let's do it, but let's let's whisper it. Shh. Let's whisper. Ready? Do it with your eyes closed. Come on, y'all. Do it with this. I'll be peeking. Do it with your eyes. One, two, three. Yeah. 
All right, give yourselves a hand. Now, trying to get Batman. <laughs> if you are kind of artsy and you like to draw, and I don't mean draw like stick figures or gingerbread people, but if you actually are good at doing like lettering, we're gonna have four po four four I can talk rich four poster boards tomorrow night, and talk to me afterwards or sometime tonight, and say hey I'm I'm good I love to do stuff like that I like to draw things out like like some words and stuff because I want to have these across the stage. Thank you, Taco. You are the man. Yeah, Taco. It's <laughs> still not working. No way. Taco is not a bad No! Point it this way? That would help. Okay, there we go. When can we do... Look at that. What can we do when our life is in chaos? Are you ready? Do this with your hands. And go down. Ready? One more time. And right now, we're going to take it down a little bit. We're going to take it down a little bit. Look at this again. What can we do when our life is in chaos? I said it a moment ago. Some of the reasons we have chaos is, let's be honest, it's self-inflicted. Be honest, we brought it on ourselves. Many times, it's not things we brought on ourselves. It's stuff that was brought on us. Chaos, definition. Ready? One, two, three. State of utter confusion. Say it again, y'all. A state of utter confusion. I think I saw that right here. I said don't as I walked this way utter confusion. By the way, who actually got the donuts? You did? You go, girl. You got a donut? Who else got it? Wow. 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 All right, check it out, y'all. Check it out. I said last night, we're going to look at the Apostle Peter. Shh. We're going to look at the Apostle Peter's life. We're going to start that in a few minutes here. We're going to look at the Apostle Peter's life. How this ordinary man became used by God, so used by God, as he went through, and we're actually going to see, we're going to take this journey tonight, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of chaos, Peter's chaos, his personal struggle, surrender, and freedom. Who's heard of that Bible dude named the Apostle Peter? Okay, a lot of you have. Maybe you haven't, but he's kind of like, of Jesus' team of 12, I said it last night, he's kind of like the lead. He's the alpha of the group. Okay, so we're going to take a look at him right now. We saw, we saw this last night, just wanted to show it to you all again. Just like Peter, we can also have this power struggle. There's three key words. See what they are? Sometimes we feel, what's the first one? Stuck, or the second one? Hopeless, or the third? Out of control. What was Peter's chaos? Well, I wanted us to look at this. Think of when he was born and where he was born. Of course, this is 2,000 years ago. Timeline, he's the same age as Jesus Christ. So it's 2,000 years ago. When was he born? Where was he born? We're going to take a peek at that. And like many of us, Peter may not have been going through some deep, significant stuff. Now, maybe some of you are just going through some really, really, really crazy stuff. Okay, but for a lot of times... You know, a lot of us are like, I, I don't, thank God, you know, I don't have this like ton of drama, but it's just the day-to-day -day stuff. I think that's a lot of times where many of us live. See, Peter doesn't have this like, you know, horrific, horrific thing going on in his life. 
He's just kind of like doing life like many of us. And yet even in his life, there's a sense of chaos, sense of chaos. So here it is, politically. He's born, you see it up there? He's born in a land that's ruled by the iron fist of what Roman, what, what Roman Empire? The Roman Empire, just said the answer, didn't I? He's being ruled by the Roman Empire. I'm really trying to talk tonight, so it's gonna be an awesome tonight. He's ruled by what empire? Roman Empire. I can get it out, okay? Roman Empire. They are the leading empire of the world at that time. They tax you if they want. They can raise taxes if they want. No one's voting for people to represent you like in the United States of America. They just raise taxes. They do what they want. Their soldiers occupy if they want your house. They can come in and they can say, hey, we're staying at your house. Hey, we want your stuff. I mean, they could just literally come in and just take whatever. So Peter is born in the land of Palestine. We know it today as the nation of Israel. But he's born in this land that used to be a mighty place a thousand years earlier under King David. But now they're just like a has-been nation, been taken over by many, many other occupying empires for centuries. And now the next empire that's dominating them is the empire of Rome. So you see that politically. Yeah, he's got some personal freedom, but they could tax what they want and take what they want. And this means for everybody, not just Peter, but everybody. You see it up there. Their physical life was out of control. I mean, you're walking down the street, the marketplace, and a Roman soldier comes up and says, hey, carry my stuff. And this is actually truth, guys. Roman soldier walks up and says, hey, carry my stuff. You can't say, well, sorry, bro, I'm going to the market right now. I'm kind of busy. No, you drop what you're doing and you carry his stuff. Again, they completely can, can control your life. So while he's not living in this extreme drama like we think, I'm not sure about y'all, I don't know if I'd want to live in a country like that. Okay, so that's what's going on. Physically speaking, it's like your life is kind of your own, but it's not your own. Yeah, he's got his own job. He's a fisherman. But at the same time, politically, they are ruled by Rome. Spiritually, let's look at the next slide. Spiritually, he's born this time where the teaching that was going on in their Jewish uh, framework was this idea of Jewish legalism. In other words, the leaders of the Jewish people, not the Romans, but Jewish people, when they go to temple on Saturday to worship on Sabbath, the people that were teaching the word of God kept adding more and more rules to the word of God than were in the word of God. They kept adding on extra Bible rules just to make sure, best way I can describe it, just to make sure that you did not violate one of the Ten Commandments, which was to uh, rest on the Sabbath, Saturday back in the day, to rest on the Sabbath, to not do work on the Sabbath. If this idea here represents Sabbath, the Jewish leaders made extra rules to make sure you didn't violate this. So here's what they did. They actually made up an extra rule. I'm going to go out here. See this line, this cracker here? Let's make this the next rule. It's like house rule number, you know, whatever, from the Pharisees. They said, you cannot walk more than, and in our way of saying it, it'd be three-fourths of a mile. Because it felt like after three-fourths of a mile, you cut a sweat. When you start sweating, you're working. 
So they called it a Sabbath day's journey. If you've ever read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and you see that, that phrase, a Sabbath day's journey, see, that was, that was a common phrase in their day. They all knew what that meant. For us, in our Western way of thinking here in the United States, it'd be a three-fourths mile. So in other words, to make sure you never busted up this rule, we gave you an extra rule so you never crossed this line. So you certainly can't violate that because you did not cross this line. So in a sense, it kind of makes sense. But they added to the word of God. Do not add to the word of God. Keep the word of God, the word of God. So the Pharisees came along, well-intentioned at the beginning, but all of a sudden what happened was they made extra rules and then they, watch my hands, like this is the Bible, the word of God, and this is like these man-made rules. They made them equivalent or even higher than the actual word of God. And that's what Jesus keeps slapping down. He says, no, the Lord's word is important. Don't try to make it equal to the word of God. So what Peter is born into, just like all the people of the day, they are born into this system that's like, you're not really sure if you've done enough to get to heaven. You have to keep doing a lot of good deeds, and hopefully you maybe can make it to heaven. Time out. A lot of churches still teach that today. I'll say it again. You're not really sure you can make it to heaven, but you have to keep doing your best and doing good things for people, and then maybe, sort of, maybe you might make it to heaven. We have two folks, two students that are gonna read these scriptures. Right here, see the second bullet? Sure, he had, Peter had God's word. It was taught, but they distorted it. The, leader, the leaders, religious leaders distorted it. And they actually created like chains or bondage on the people. So let's hear Matthew 11 and verse 28. That's an incredible verse. The crowd is gathered around Jesus. Matthew 11, 28. Also the Pharisees, the guys that made up these extra rules, they're also in the crowd. And Jesus calls them out for why are you adding to the word of God? And then he looks at the people. This is a powerful statement. Thank you. Do you still have it? You close it up. Can you get it? Because I'm going to say this. I want you to read it again. Jesus looks at the people and Jesus says, come to me. I want you to hear this. By saying, Jesus, by saying, come to me, Jesus is declaring to be God. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy hearted or heavy burdened. Think of the heaviest backpack you've ever had to take to school. Think of all the attempts that get the backpack in your head, right? That idea, heaviness. Spiritually speaking, they were trying to do everything they could to earn their way to heaven. And then the Pharisees kept giving them more rules, like more books in the backpack. Does that make sense now? And they kept being weighed down. And they thought, maybe, just maybe, I'll get just enough to get to heaven. And then, boom, more books. In other words, more things they had to do. And Jesus just obliterates it because he says this verse. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. 
goes, you know what? Take all your attempts to get to heaven. Give them to me. In other words, we use the phrase today, I got this. Jesus says, I got this. Remember, within a year of saying that, thanks, boy. When a year of saying that, he's on a cross dying. Not a sad day in Jewish history. It's so much deeper than just, oh, he died for love. No, guys, it was, it was to take the penalty of all of my sin. It was dumped on him. He took all of my sin, all your sin on him so we could have freedom. And we'll talk about that Wednesday night. There's a second verse I wanted you to see. Let me set this up. One of the young ladies is going to read that, right? Which one of your girls? Awesome. Thanks, girl. What's your name, hon? Paige. Awesome, Paige. Let me explain this really quick. Then Paige, I love that name, beautiful name, is going to read this for us. Jesus is now talking, again, to the crowd, mixed group, those who are like really hungry for him and those that are kind of like ready to put today on Twitter, like bust his chops, you know, they kind of like push him back on Jesus, the religious leaders. And by the way, look at the chapter number what? Chapter number what? 19. That means it's getting to the end of Jesus's life. That's when it was getting really, really super tense. Right before the arrest, the crucifixion. So this is getting like super tense time. All right. So Jesus then is talking to his, his um, 12 apostles. And they had this thinking back in the day, the Jewish people, that we know who is for sure going to heaven it's the rich people. And the reason they thought that was, you're rich because God hooked you up. He blessed you. Therefore, if you're rich, God hooked you up. He blessed you. Therefore, you must be going to heaven. There's this thing today called prosperity gospel. We just kind of, you know, you, God will hook you up and give you stuff. And when you get stuff, that means God likes you like extra special. And, and Jesus then says this verse, and it's a really interesting verse. So please give your attention to Paige as she reads the word of God. Thank you. I'm going to have you read that again in a moment too, Paige. Thank you. Have a seat for right now really quick. So what Jesus just said to them, what Jesus just said to them is they're like, well, Lord, aren't these rich people going to heaven? Aren't they saved? That's the phrase they use. Aren't they saved? Meaning saved from their sins. And Jesus says, no. And they're like freaking out. They're like, what? He goes, actually, it's easier for a camel. Think of a big camel. Right, right. Another commercial won't show it now. But think, think camel. Going through the eye of a needle? They're like, could you imagine them, you know, getting a little smirky at that point? Seriously, Jesus, camel, eye of a needle, ain't going to happen, bro. You know, that kind of thing. He's using this idea of humor. Jesus was always so serious. No, guys, lighten up. He actually had a little jokey dad joke, right? So he kind of threw one in there. He's like, hey, no, it's actually easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, Right? than for a rich man to get to the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus is not saying rich people cannot come to faith in him, but what he's saying is rich people sometimes think, I don't need God because I got stuff. Now, does that make sense? Does it make sense? What do you mean? Then, then talk to me. Right, right. So he's not saying they can't be saved. What he's saying is you can't, don't put your faith in your stuff. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So they're thinking, oh, because I'm rich, 
Therefore, God gave me favor. I don't need God. What? God, everything. God, everything. So God makes us his image. Okay. We sin. Right? We must be restored to God. Yes, exactly. Enter Jesus. Takes our sin. Same page. Here we go. Talk to you later if you want to talk more. Okay? Okay. So here we go. The, the 12 look at Jesus and they're like, well, if, if they're not saved, who can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, this is impossible. Let me explain. You cannot save yourself. He said, but with God, all things are possible. Anybody can be saved. Finish the next verse, okay? Anybody can be saved but you can't redeem yourself. Some of the people are thinking, if I do the right things, right works, I get in. Jesus is saying, what you read, come to me. I'm dying for your sins. It's impossible for us to save ourselves. So here we go. This is meant for everyone. See, politically, Peter's struggling because his physical life is kind of hooked up to the Roman culture. And now spiritually, your life is kind of hooked up to the Jewish culture. That's his chaos. But then he has an encounter with Jesus. I'm going to read these verses. There's like three or four slides. I'm going to read these. Then we're going to go back and we have some of your crew. No, no. Prairie's crew. Your crew. Your crew is going to act this out. But let me read this. Let's all look at the scriptures. Ready? The next day, John was there again. This is John the Baptist. Was there again with two of John the Baptist's disciples. When he, meaning John the Baptist, saw Jesus passing by, John the Baptist points to Jesus Christ, and he says, look, behold, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples of John the Baptist when the two disciples heard John say this, in other words, don't look at me, look at Jesus, they, look at your scripture up here, they turned to Jesus and they started following Jesus. Jesus then turns around, looks at them, and says, what do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means what to say? Teacher. Hey, they go, where are you staying? Come, he says, and What? You'll see. You'll see. Okay? So they went and they saw where he was staying. And it says they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, we know this guy named Peter, so here he goes. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John the Baptist had said. So the two disciples, means followers of John the Baptist, one of the two was Andrew, the younger brother of Peter. So the first thing Peter does, it says, he goes and he finds his brother Simon, and he tells him, we have found the Messiah. Look at the scripture. That is the what? The Christ. Messiah means Christ. The Old Testament prophesies that God the Father would send the Redeemer, the Messiah, the Christ. They've been looking for this Messiah, this Deliverer, this, this Messiah, this Redeemer, this Savior, 
for centuries. John the Baptist says, it's not me. There he goes. Go follow him. So one of the two cats is named, si or named Andrew. He goes to get his older brother, Simon, and he goes, man, you got you to gotta see this. This is Jesus. He's the Messiah. And Andrew brings Simon to Jesus. Jesus looks at Peter. His name was Simon. He says, you are Simon, son of John. His dad's name was also John. Like in here, how many are named John? Raise your hand. It's a whole lot of Johns, a lot of Marys back in the Bible times, okay? It's just like today. And he says, you are Simon, son of John. You'll be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Asterisk, I put this in to explain it. Cephas is Aramaic, means rock. Peter is Greek, which means rock. You're named, I'm changing your name to rock. Rock solid, rock steady. Make sense now? So now do you see where he's kind of going, yeah, I'm going to be a rock. And there's these 12 guys going to make this team, and I'm the rock. So this is a little bit where it's going. Now, uh, prayer. You get your guys ready to go? So I'm going to back this up. All right. One more slide, I think it is. Sorry, you know what I'm doing? I'm doing this. I'm, my bad. There we go. There we go. Okay. I'm going to read it again, but I need, first of all, I need John the Baptist to come up here. It's you guys? It is you guys. That's right. John the Baptist. Come on up, bud. You are John. Johnny be good. John the Baptist right there. Okay. That's John the Baptist. Tell him to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's got a message for y'all. Tell them to repent because the kingdom of heaven. No, you're supposed to tell them to repent. <laughs> repent. Repent. Kingdom of heaven's at hand. There you go. There, give him a hand. All right, there we go. So there's John the Baptist, and he's got two guys that are kind of like his followers. Come on, two followers. One of them is named Andrew. The other one, we don't know his name. Bible doesn't tell us his name. Okay, anonymous. There you go. <laughs> All right. So then, look at your text, guys. John the Baptist sees Jesus. Look. Walking, he's got. A, he's gonna get a hoodie on. Okay, sees Jesus walking by. Look, the Lamb of God. <laughs> there you go. And he keeps going that way, right? And which and then we have this, the Lamb of God. Two disciples. They're like, go, go. Verse thirty-seven. Okay, two disciples. They go and they start like checking this out. Bye. Bye. <laughs> they start going this way. Jesus turns around and says, <laughs> and they say, Rabbi, where are you going? Oh, we're not done. It gets better. Okay, there we go. So there they are. They see him. Where are you staying? It's about four in the afternoon. Andrew then goes back to the guy to go find his brother, Simon. We just traded Simon for two first-round draft picks, I think. Okay, here we go. There's Simon. Okay. Andrew, look up. First thing Andrew did, find his brother, tell him. We have found the Messiah. That's exactly what he said. No way. Okay, there he And he brings him to. Jesus, get back over there, man. So he goes and he brings him to Jesus. <laughs> And then Jesus declares, 
Say it with me, guys, the big blue. Ready? And Peter was never the same. What? Again. Give him a hand. <laughs> yeah, really. I'll guarantee you won't forget that one for a while, okay? Did you guys catch that, though? John the Baptist. Two followers, disciples. Disciples means followers. Two disciples of John the Baptist. He was a front runner of Jesus. He's the one that came to prepare, get the people's attention, prepare the Messiah's coming. When Messiah, Jesus, comes, he steps away because the reason he had that job was not to have people follow him. His job was to get people to follow Jesus. <laughs> that preach is pretty good. Don't follow us, follow Jesus. So when Jesus comes, he says, look, Lamb of God, Andrew wow, I want to go hang out now with Jesus. But he was so excited about this new friend of his that he goes back to get his older brother, Peter, come, and then Jesus says, you know what? I'm changing your name. Your legal name is Simon. But your new nickname? It's Peter Rock. And when Peter met Jesus, he was never the same. So what's this chaos thing? State of utter confusion. Last slide. I shared this with you guys last night. We all have stuff. We all have stuff. It's the chaos of our lives. Stuff that's out of control. All I'm asking is this. Second bullet point down. While you're here, this week, just get real. Just face it. For some of you, I'll, I'll guarantee this. For some of you, it's, I don't even believe in God. And I have a hard time understanding the following. So please, in, in gentleness, I say this. People that say they don't believe in God, are they usually they're angry with God. Not everyone, but for those who are angry at God, they're not angry at all the gods of the world. They just seem to be angry at God that we know is from Scripture. And I, I wonder what caused them to be so angry at God. It was Charles Darwin, whose wife was an evangelical Christian, whose daughter died of a disease. And he prayed that God would heal his daughter, and she died. And when she died, he's like, God doesn't exist. So he gave the rest of his life to disprove God. Does that make sense now? That's where it was going. A lot of times people that say there is no God are like, they're mad, they're hurt, bitter. Therefore, he, does, he didn't come through for me. Okay? So maybe that's part of your box. Maybe part of your box is stuff back home. that It's just ugly. I'm not trying to drum up extra drama, but a lot of you probably got stuff like that. I don't know what's in your box, but could you at least get real with it this week? See the third bullet point? Have, I beg of you, have an encounter with Jesus. For some of you, 
You've heard the name. You've used it when you're mad. But you're really not sure who Jesus is. Would you at least check it out? Listen to God as he's talking to you inside? Throw yourself at him and just ask questions? For some of you, my story, maybe you have my story as well, where as a young man, I, I understood that I can't save myself. I can't forgive my own sins. If I had stuff, my stuff doesn't forgive me. Only Jesus' blood on the cross is the power that forgives my sins. And I put my faith and trust in Jesus to be my deliverer, my redeemer. Maybe that's your story. But maybe it's been a while since you've been really close with Jesus. So think about that. You know, is that fair? Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you, God, Father Almighty, only you know in this room the real, um, the real story of each young lady and young man in this room and, and where they're at with, with you, with the things of you. Lord, I, I wish I could have a one-on-one chat with all of them. I'm hoping to get many opportunities this week to do that. But Lord, I wish so bad I could talk to everyone just to get their name and a little bit about their story, but even deeper of do they know you? Lord, as as our students here, our campers talk with their leaders or counselors, may they have absolutely special Uh, very intimate conversations, very honest and real conversations. May our campers, our students here that are just absolutely in love with you be looking for opportunities to minister to other campers that just have a lot of questions. And Lord, may your word be lifted high. May your glory be seen in our lives. May the love and the grace that you've given us, Jesus, be shown on this camp. I pray this in your name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.